I think when you're first on the list, you're like, you're always checking your phone. After you've been waiting for a year or two years, I've now been waiting going on four. I honestly just try to live a normal life. It's it's always in the back of your mind, but if you sit and wait for it, it's like it'll be like watching a pot of water boil. Like it, it'll seem like it'll never come. I am uh, Jermaine Harris. Currently, I am waiting a heart transplant, and my uh, initial diagnosis was congestive heart failure. I take pride in living a normal life. Um, even with Lifeline of Ohio, a lot of the speeches that I do or the media or whatever, I, I love to show people that I'm a normal guy. I grew up here in Columbus. I'm always very active, went to um, plenty of uh, summer camps, football camps, basketball camps, everything. I played football and basketball. Um, I ran track when I got to high school. I was active, healthy, pretty well behaved, if I just <laughs> to say so myself. Um, really a normal kid, normal household. Um, I have one brother, three sisters, really just a, a normal person. In high school, I played quarterback. I've been playing quarterback since I was seven or eight. Cooking was also a big interest of mine. Um, I probably started cooking around eight, I believe. My mom was working three jobs, so morning, midday, and, and night. So she's kind of put the cooking on my shoulders. So that's when I really got started to practice. And there was a, a lot of rough um, rough nights with uh, undercooked chicken. There was a time where uh, I used garlic and garlic salt and regular salt in um, a sloppy joe. And that was the first time that I had learned you can't use both, you use one or the other. <laughs> and so I used to get upset when my brothers and sisters, they would bite and they was like, this is too salty. I'm like, you know, shut up and eat it. <laughs> Nobody else is gonna make you food. So that's where I really started to get practicing and, and kind of um, create a, a passion. I worked at uh, restaurants. Uh, my first job was Wendy's uh, when I was in high school. So all of my jobs were in the culinary field. And then um, one of my good friends asked me to cater his wedding and that's when I kicked off my um, catering business. This was 2017, um, early 2017. I think it was uh, maybe January or early February. I had caught a, I felt like I caught a cold. And most colds, I would say for me, last, even if I get the flu, it might only last about a week. This lasted, it might have been like a month. And it was, it was just like, okay, you know, it's, it's, it, I would have different symptoms. Like I would, the sore throat and stuff would go away, but I was still coughing. I felt like I was wheezing sometimes. Not, it wasn't really heavy, but as the, the months started to go on, the cough was, was still around and um, the wheezing would start to get worse. I think maybe by April, I started to feel like the fatigue. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm working at a uh, McKenzie River in Polaris. Work started to feel different because I'm, I'm, I'm mad all the time. I have an attitude, I can't sleep. When I lay down, it feels like, feels like I'm drowning. You know what I mean? I, I can't breathe. I'm waking up having like coughing attacks. I was going to a family doctor. They didn't couldn't really tell me what was going on. You think it's so many different things. Like I was sleeping in the basement, so I'm like, okay, am I inhaling mold? Is it, you know, what's going on? And not knowing what's wrong is, is the frustrating part. You know, still going to the family doctor. They thought I had pneumonia because of the fluid that they seen on my lungs, but I was still short of breath all the time. Going up and down the stairs was hell. Everything was just spiraling downhill and out of control. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I can't tell anybody what's wrong because I don't know. And I was I was 23 at the time. Like I feel like I'm in my physical prime. I could can't really understand what's what's going on. 
but I knew something was different. I just did, I couldn't, I would have never thought that my heart was bad. I think the breaking point is I started swelling. I was in the shower and, I, and I'm looking at, looking at my legs and my feet. I'm like, that's crazy. So, you know, I call my mom in there and kind of stick one leg out of the shower. And it's like, does this look normal to you? And she's like, no. That was the point where I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what this is. It was a Sunday, early May of 2017. We had a like a throwback day at church. So you could wear something from the 80s, the 90s, whatever. Um, so I was at my dad's house. I had a, a, his old pager on, um, you know, one of his jackets. It was <laughs> like a, a windbreaker and stuff like that. So I went to church, went out to eat. I'm kind of walking funny, you know, after church, back to my car and stuff. Like when I sit down, I'm fine. When I stand back up and it feels like, like the blood goes back down to my legs, it's kind of hard to walk. So like the, the rest of the night, um, keeping my legs elevated, just kind of laying on the couch. And the next day, I couldn't put my shoes on anymore. When I couldn't put my shoes on anymore, I was like, okay, this is, something's, something's off. So I stuffed them in my flip-flops and I uh, drove myself to the hospital, uh, to Mount Carmel East. My dad followed behind, and then he uh, he came and, and sat with me until until we uh, went back. So yeah, that was the, that was the tipping point. The ER stay was crazy. They hooked me up to to one IV, um, I think, just to get fluids in me. Um, by this time, my mom is there too, so I'm there. Uh, they do a CAT scan. I'm already frustrated. I feel like I'm, I'm starting to itch, like I'm breaking out in hives. I'm just, I'm getting poked and prodded and, and it was just a rough time. And then um, they hooked me up to another IV uh, to just, I guess, you know, run two different uh, medications at the same time. And I think that caused uh, an allergic reaction. I sit up, I'm starting to like snatch stuff off of me. It's, um, my body is heating up. Like it feels like I'm sitting in front of the sun right now. And um, my dad has some Subway um, and he had a lemonade. So he's like here. <laughs> and then the, uh, the the nurse is like, okay, no more lemonade. <laughs> um, because it, I, like my mouth is so dry. It was, this is like the worst moment that I've had throughout, throughout everything that I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even formulate a whole sentence for the rest of the night. The next morning, Nurse came in, checked on me, everything felt fine. And then that's when I met my cardiologist, Dr. Archer. And he uh, pretty much told me that uh, he was like, well, you have uh, what's called congestive heart failure. Heart failure? Like, wow, okay. Like it was, I knew something was wrong, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. Like it wasn't that I'm dying. I, you know, like your heart is failing you, sir. Like that's, that's, that's really, that's really big. Um, he said it was, a normal heart is supposed to look like a football. Yours looks like a basketball right now. I'm hearing the information. I don't think I'm processing it. You know, it's like, okay, so that's that's heavy. But, you know, what what now? I wore a uh, Zoolite vest, and it's supposed to act like a, a regular defibrillator where it'll shock you if uh, if your heart gets out of rhythm. I had to wear that for, like, three months. And um, they didn't want to have to do a surgery or anything like that. So they're like, let's, let's just wear this. If anything happens, this will catch it, and then we'll know where to go from here. I did start to feel better. My let my swelling went down. Um, starting to feel better, and you know, I'm taking walks. I'm trying to. I was on a low sodium diet, so I'm eating a little bit better. You know, I'm on medication now, so that you know, at least got it under control. My heart didn't get better. My heart was still pumping at like 15%. And so they said if it doesn't get up to at least 40, we're gonna have to put a real defibrillator in in, in your chest. So um, we got to that point. It didn't get better, so I did have to get the defibrillator surgery in October. 
after I got that, my heart did get better. It went up to about 40, I think 40 to 45%. So I was doing good. 2018 was probably the best year that I had, um, even though it was after all of the worst stuff that had ever happened to me. Now I'm thinking that I'm good. Now I think I'm in the clear, but I wasn't. I was managing at uh, Bob Evans in uh, Pickerington. It was a really stressful day at work. Um, and I think I had a panic attack. From that day on, nothing was the same. It, it, everything felt really rough again, like breathing, going up and down the stairs. And um, we got to February. I'm not swelling, but I'm, ha I'm waking up coughing again, like like I was before and call my mom and I'm like, uh, I think we should go back to the hospital. So when I called her and she said I came outside, she could tell that something was wrong just because of how I looked. So um, I think when she dropped me off at the door to, and she went to go park, she said she just immediately started crying um, just because she knew it was, it, was, it was happening again. This time my heart's pumping at 10% and it's gone down from 40. So it's like, nah, I feel much worse. Um, the nurse had, kinda, had to kind of acknowledge to my mom, like he's, he's very sick. My dad is there now and he I can see it on his face. I think I'm coughing, coughing out mucus and there's like streams of blood in it. And he's like, he's like losing his mind. <laughs> and um, there's, you know, people from our church, it was a Sunday. So people from our church are leaving church to come to the hospital. And um, people are looking at me with this pity in their eyes. And I'm like, I'm like, am I, am I really that sick? Like, is it really that bad? And um, that was the start to like a really rough uh, patch. I'm in the ICU at uh, Mount Carmel and I, I feel myself getting better, but it's not the same as last time. So uh, when I get out, I'm throwing up like every day, like every single day over like a span of like 30 to 35 days, I'm throwing up every day. Anything I eat comes right back up. I went back to Mount Carmel for a couple of days and the medication that, that they were giving me wasn't working. And I think this is when stuff for me was like, okay, this is, this is serious. Like before the medication was working, now it's not working. So what is that, what do we do now? When I first met my doctor, he said that transplant was like the last option. And I did not think that we would make it there. But we got to uh, got to that last day. He was like, okay, I think I'm gonna send you to Cleveland. So a uh, couple guys in, in like pilot jumpsuits came to the room and with a gurney and was like, okay, you ready to go? I was like, well, where, are we, <laughs> where are we going? He's like, you're uh, being life flighted. And I was like, I really don't like heights. I don't like planes. I don't like anything. So they, they put me on there. I get in a helicopter. Um, the takeoff was much worse than the landing. We get there, we land. They immediately get me into the ICU at Cleveland Clinic. They get me hooked up to everything. They had to put what's called a swan in my neck, which is where they drew my blood, gave me medication, whatever. And then they wanted to put what's called a balloon pump in my leg so I could at least breathe normally. I got through that. I am uh, laying on my back for eight days. I couldn't sit up because of the, the balloon pump. I couldn't lay more than I think uh, at a 30 degree angle. At this point, they're talking about LVAD now and heart transplant. So uh, LVAD is a left ventricular assist device. Um, it's a device that's connected to my heart right now. And um, it basically uh, pumps the blood through the heart so your heart doesn't have to work as hard. It runs into my stomach up to my heart and I have to wear um, batteries to, to power it or um, I'm hooked up to a wall cord at night. The day before the surgery, we had to have a conversation of power of attorney, you know, uh, living will, all that kind of stuff. That was probably the roughest day there because you just don't want to, nobody wants to have that conversation of what you want to be done if you die. 
And, you know, me and my mom ha- kind of had to have a really uh, personal and, and tough conversation just about what I wanted if, you know, things didn't go right. So um, I think that night, a couple people um, came and visited me and guy prayed for me. After he left, I called my mom, asked my mom to come back to the room. And I just, I just lost it. I just let everything out, everything over the last two to three years. I just let it all out because, you know, I didn't do a lot of crying um, the first time. You know, it's, it's moments where you, you might be upset. You just don't feel like yourself or whatever. But I had, I had never really like let it out like that. The next morning was the day of the surgery. That was April 4th. Um, I didn't wake up until I think April 6th, uh, which is my dad's birthday. So I got to talk to him and um, but I couldn't really speak yet. I had to, most of my sentences were like, I had to take a breath before it, like every word, just because my chest is still, you know, hurting so bad. And um, you can't, you know, you can't really breathe yet, like on your own. So it was open heart surgery. And LVAD is a, a breast transplant. and. Um, can't get it wet, so I have to wear um, a bag to shower. Rolling out of bed and taking a shower is uh, a luxury, you know, for people like me. So that's something I want to do. I can't wait to do when, when all this is over. I think when you're first on the list, you're like, you're always checking your phone. After you've been waiting for a year or two years, I've now been waiting going on uh, four. I honestly just try to live a normal life. You have an amazing story to tell, especially with the LVAD. I have a, a cool party trick. I don't have a pulse. So, um, you know, whenever I want to show off to somebody, I, you know, I give them my hand and say, you know, try to find my pulse. But it's it's always in the back of your mind. But if you sit and wait for it, it's like it'll be like watching a pot of water boil. Like it, it'll seem like it'll never come. Think about if it was your family member or if it was you. If it was you and you needed an organ to save your life or give you a better chance at life, you understand that people have to lose their life to be able to give that gift. But if it happens to you or if it happens to somebody you love, you may be in this position where you want somebody else that's not an organ donor to be an organ donor. So I think through everything that I've been through, um, you know, and not letting it uh affect my life in in the way of hold me back. Um, I was able to start a business or I, ha- I had a business. I was able to capitalize on that and uh, get a food truck, uh, which is, you know, very hard work. <laughs> um, I was able to meet my wife. Kima and I got married on uh, February 26th, uh, 2022. She takes great care of me. And that was something that would have had to be a quality of the person that I was going to be with because, you know, this is a lot. You know, I definitely appreciate her for that. Um, and we can't travel just yet, but uh, when we do, um, I don't think anybody will see us because we'll be we'll be gone. We're still waiting for the call, but we're we're living our lives. You know, the last thing I was going to do was let it hold me back.